Today on the last family vacationer of year 2023, we have an extraordinary journey of hope and adventure with Dr. Steven Johnson and his family as they race against blindness. Episode 151 starts right now. Welcome to the Family Vacationer with Rob and Danny, Danny. the go-to podcast for families on the move. Welcome, friends. I'm Rob. And I'm Danny. And this is episode 151 of the Family Vacationer, our last episode of 2023. And today we have a remarkable guest joining us, Dr. Stephen Johnston. He's not just a father, radiologist, and Ironman athlete. He's also the founder of a nonprofit that's on a mission to save sight and create unforgettable memories for children facing blindness. When Dr. Johnston learned that his nine-year-old son, Luke, was going blind due to a rare disease, he embarked on an incredible journey of hope, love, and determination. He founded a race against blindness to fund sight-saving research for his son and thousands of others like him. And today we're honored to have Dr. Stephen Johnston here to share his family's story and the extraordinary road trip they took last summer from their home base in Phoenix, Arizona. They ventured to the Pacific Northwest, Canada, and even Glacier National Park, all in pursuit of making sighted memories for Luke. Now, their journey is one that will inspire, it will uplift, and remind us all of the power of family bonds and the indomitable human spirit. So, whether you're a parent, an adventurer, or simply in need of some heartwarming inspiration, stay with us as we dive into this extraordinary story and get to know the man behind it all. Steve, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate you guys having me on today. Appreciate you coming on. We are glad to have you on the show, Steve. Can you share your family story with our listeners? Yeah, so the very quick version is that I have a 10-year-old son who has a rare genetic condition, and he is slowly losing his eyesight and expected to go blind by the time he's a teenager. So that has set off a number of events in our life from starting a nonprofit to seizing life and living it to the fullest. I, I want to ask you, you know, what started the idea of the bucket list trip for your son? Well, I mean, he's losing his eyesight. So he has this kind of short window where he's going to have preserved vision and that he's able to really see and experience things. And we really wanted to fill his visual memory bank with as many sight mm-hmm. sounds experiences as we could before he lost more vision. And so that really just was that moment where you're like, we've got to do all the things we've always talked about and yeah. all the things we've always wanted to do. And we've got to try to cram as much of that as we can into a short period of time for him. So that's really where that started for us. Right. So how did you come up with the destinations and experiences that you wanted to include? Yeah. Um, honestly, it was hard because you're sitting there going, how do you prioritize all the amazing things that the world has to offer? Right. And right, we know, yeah. you can go anywhere and see anything. So we just picked places that we thought would resonate with him, that we thought would you know, be stuff that he's excited about and really interested in. And also things that we thought were important for him to see, you know, varying sights, sounds, national parks, different landscapes, different cultures and experiences. So we did the best we could to kind of cram all that into one uh, trip. Uh, We're from Arizona, so we're desert Southwest people. We've spent a bit of time in Arizona, Southern California, spent a lot of time in Utah and love it. Um, but we really hadn't spent a lot of time up in the Pacific Northwest, the Mountain West. Uh, so we decided to 
head that direction and see something different mm-hmm. for all of us. And uh, that's that's where our adventures took us. Can you describe some of the the more memorable moments from the trip? Well, there's really not uh, <laughs> there's not one. I mean, and, mm-hmm. and and they're also memorable in different ways because it was one of those summers of so many mixed emotions. You have the yeah. high moments of just seeing Luke experience something for the first time and the excitement that he has as a kid. For example, when he's opening, you know, he's digging up dinosaur bones and fish fossils in Wyoming. And, you know, that's just, Hmm. he loved it. He was so into it and so excited by it. And that was one of those kid moments, right? Then you have more of the kind of sad moments and the kind of moments that just really tug on you as a parent, watching your son, who you know is losing his vision and what he's facing in the future. And I had a few of those moments where it was just a little overwhelming and emotional where, you know, we, he started the summer and, you know, he he hadn't spent a lot of time hiking in his life or doing anything like that. So it was kind of hard for him at first. And, you know, like a kid, he's kind of like, ah, you know, I don't like hiking. I don't want to do this. And then by, you know, halfway through summer, we're up in Glacier National Park and he's crushing, you know, five, six, seven mile hikes and he's having mm. fun with it and he's experiencing the outdoors and, He's just soaking in all the nature and he's loving it. Yeah. And then I'm sitting there going, what if he can't do this again? Yeah. What if he can't see right. this again? What is this going to look like for him in the future if he loses more vision? And then that's one of those low moments. But, you know, the question was memorable moments. But it, so that's very much burned in my memory in, in the sense of memorable because, you, you know, you really, those, those moments stick with you and th- they're motivational in the sense of what I'm doing with the nonprofit work and trying to, you know, support a cure, but they, you know, it sticks with you. So lots of highs, lots of lows and a little bit of everything in between. Yeah. What was it like for him? Did, I mean, it's impossible for a kid nine or 10 to, to understand the, 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 the moment, you know, as far as what it's like for long-term did he get any sense of, of the enormity of, of the trip or did you guys kind of purposely just kind of low key it? So he wouldn't, he wouldn't feel pressure to have these great moments. Yeah, no, we, we didn't put any pressure on him with anything. Uh, we really didn't have any expectations or specific, you know, ways that we wanted him to experience it. We want him to have as much of a normal childhood as we can let him be a nine-year-old. Uh, he did a lot of the nine-year-old things on the trip. He was still playing with Pokemon <laughs> cards and still, you know, playing with his Legos and and doing all the things while we're on the road and seeing all these amazing places. Um, that being said, you know, he he knows what's going on. Like this, he he's aware of his diagnosis and he's processing it um, in his ten-year-old way. And to his credit, he's been so strong and positive and not seemingly let it affect him. But he's one of those kind of cool, calm, collected, stoic kids. And there are the moments that come out where you can see that it's he's aware of it and it hurts him and he, he gets emotional about it. Um, but, you know, all things told, he's been such a, you know, he's handled it in such an amazing way. And I, I don't know how 10-year-old me would have handled something like that. I, I, I can't imagine I would have handled it well when I try to think about what I was doing at the age of 10 and where I was at with my emotional maturity at that age. I I wouldn't have handled it well. So um, I don't know how he's doing what yeah. he's doing. Right, so we were talking about pressure just a minute ago. You know, sometimes when we plan a trip, we can put that pressure on ourselves and our family for, you know, to make every single moment matter. And so I can't imagine how you you must have dealt with that. Uh, did you have any sense of, of that as you traveled when you with your son? And, you know, how would you deal with that? 
yeah, it was hard because we did want to really cram as much as we could into um, the summer. And so there was an, an evolving balance of, you know, how much time do you want to spend in every place and really soak that place up and get yeah. as much out of that one right. place as you can versus seeing a lot of different places, but getting a more surface, you know, experience at that place. So there was mm -hmm. a very hard balance in terms of the planning and execution and of all of it. And I'd say, to our credit, that one thing that we were very good at this summer was staying flexible. Like we had plans, you know, you have certain reservations in certain places that you want to meet and keep. And that was important in terms of kind of planning the summer from the get go. But once we were live and in the moment of it, we really called a lot of audibles, you know, we're like, okay, we're not going to go here. We're really enjoying our time here. We're going to figure out how to stay here a little bit longer. We're going to skip mm -hmm. the next place. Um, or we get somewhere and we're just like, nah, this isn't it. Let's keep moving. Um, and so we stayed flexible and, and really tried to just kind of let the flow of the summer take us where we wanted to go within, you know, parameters of, you know, well, we got to get a ballpark. We got to get home by a certain date for one thing. So you kind of always had that uh, parameter to fall back on. Um, and we, you know, had some really high list items, you know, like, the, so, you know, some of the national parks we knew we did not want to miss, you know, Rainier and, you know, Olympic and, you know, Glacier and hitting those big items. So, you know, we, we tried to not feel that pressure of like, go, 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 CCC, do, do, do. But we were definitely squeezing a lot of stuff in. And there were moments mm -hmm. where you're kind of, you get a little road tired, you know, you're just, you're cranking yeah. away. And I think that was probably felt more by, you know, the adults than the kids, because, you know, the road time is kind of chill time for the kids, you know, they're just riding in the car, hanging out and doing their thing. And they loved being on the road, but you know, I'm, I'm driving, I'm, you know, I'm the one like way behind the wheel for, you know, eight or 10 hours sometimes on, on a long haul. So, um, yeah, but, uh, it, it was, it's hard to balance it and, you know, you just kind of got, got to roll with it. But my, my advice would be as stay as flexible as you can on any trip so that you can really let the trip take you where it needs to take you. Cause it's, it's a living, breathing thing as, as you know, just when you're traveling, like the, the places, the places interact with you and you respond to everywhere in a different way. Yeah. Road trips are funny. You can be, you can feel energetic, get in the car 30 minutes in. Yeah. It's funny. You start getting sleepy quick. Mm -hmm. 100%. <laughs> we did yeah. a show on families that, that are overcoming physical challenges while travel and traveling. And one of the things our guests talked about that never entered into my brain, cause I haven't experienced it just that feeling after getting the diagnosis that some families have a difficult time getting out of that initial stage of sadness and anger and loss. How did you find the motivation to not only move out of that stage, but to start a foundation with the purpose of, of potentially finding a cure someday? Yeah. I think that the, the key is to let yourself feel those things. For one thing, don't try to stuff it away or hide it or, not feel it because that's a really good recipe for, uh, you know, not processing your emotions and ending up in a bad place from it down the road. So first step is feel your emotions and let, let yourself go through that process. It's okay to go through a grieving process when any major traumatic event happens to you and including getting a tough diagnosis of a loved one. Uh, so you have to go through that process, which is, you know, denial and sadness and anger and why us, why me, why him? and go through that process and try to process it on your timeline. But you have to, in the moments, you have to be aware that you're going through them and keep, try to push forward, try to be making progress within each of those little moments. 
and until we came out the other side and I came out the other side, you know, to that place where uh, action was therapeutic. I needed to take action on, on what was going on because we were told, you know, Luke's going blind and there's nothing you can do about it. And you're just going to have to let that happen. And I was like, no, you know, like, <laughs> we can't just sit back and let this happen. We're uh, as a dad, as a man, as a physician, I'm like, this is not happening. Like we, we can do something about this. Something can be done. Um, so we're going to take action. And that, that, that in and of itself, taking a little bit of control of a situation where you feel like you have no control is therapeutic and it lets you move forward. And, you know, once you took control of that situation, then you can take control of the other parts of your life and moving forward and living your life and taking those memories and, you know, those adventures and, and doing all those things. But yeah, you have to baby steps, you slowly working through it. And then you, you just, you keep making forward progress and I'm still in that process. Every day is, you know, part of that process. It's not like you, there's not an end point. There's not some finish line where you hit and suddenly like, oh, it's better. I'm done. Um, it's a lifelong process where you're, you know, constantly evolving from all these, all these tough moments in your life. Yeah. Hey, you know, we're always talking about on the show, the importance of making memories, just always creating memories. But you know, your story kind of puts a different twist on this in my mind. It, so I, I want to ask you, you know, how has your son's journey influenced your personal perspective on family travel and the importance of really creating special memories together? Yeah, I mean, certainly if there's one thing I could do as a person and that's giving something to someone else, it would be somehow bottling up this feeling that you get when you get a diagnosis like this of it's time to experience life. It's time to go out and make those memories um, because you hear about it all the time. And, you know, like so somebody gets a cancer diagnosis and suddenly they're, you know, their bucket list, they are just going after it with ferocity, you know, any bad experience. And suddenly they're, they're going after all these things, but you know, all those years that you know, you were living your life and not taking those experiences, not making an effort to, go after all those things, but it's, and I, I should have known better than anybody, right? I mean, I'm, I'm in healthcare. I see all these things every day. I understand that nothing is guaranteed and life is very fragile. Um, but I was one of those people kind of living life, very coasting along like, oh, someday I'll go take all these trips. Some days I'll, I'll go get and, you know, see all these places. Um, but until it happens to you, you don't, you don't feel that motivation to, to do it. But really, I mean, that's certainly what happened for, us and everyone in our immediate sphere of like, okay, this is, this is the time we need to go and make these memories and, and try to show him the world and, and in the process, have all of us have these memories together. And um, yeah, it's, it's certainly life-changing when you get something like that, because that feeling, that burn, that desire you have that like, we've got to do this is very real. Well, it seems like you may have, have already answer this next question, but what advice do you, do you have for families that are facing similar challenges that maybe have just gotten a bad diagnosis or they're trying to overcome physical challenges while still making those memories? Yeah. I, th I mean, uh, other than just kind of what I was saying just before that, mm -hmm. I'd say it's a really a important thing to just sit down and prioritize, you know, memories and experiences were important for us. And I think that those are important things for a lot of people, but they may not be the most important things for other people. So I think sitting down and really evaluating at a very high level, what your priorities are, what things actually mean the most to you, if you were going to be gone tomorrow, what yeah. 
core things do you want to have focused on? Like the people that you're surrounding yourself with, the things you're telling people, like, you know, the, the, the relationships you have with people. Um, I think that those are really important to make sure that you're addressing all those things here and now in the moment. So if you, you know, get one of these diagnoses where that's going to change the trajectory of your life, are you going to have lived in a way that you're not going to really regret things? And I, I think that that's very hard to do without being in that moment. But I, I think once you're in that moment, make that pri priority list and then just go forward from that point and don't have regrets from that point forward and, and live your life according to your priorities and your goals. Yeah. You talked a little bit about this, but can you give us a little more insight into the destinations that you visited on your journey and you know how you chose them to maximize your son's experience? Yeah. So uh, the itinerary uh, started actually very, uh, it was an interesting starting point for the summer. So one of the things that we've been doing as a nonprofit to raise awareness and funds and all that is we are quite literally racing against blindness. Our, our name is a race against blindness. That's the name of our nonprofit. So we're racing against time. We're trying to, you know, beat the clock of my son's vision going out. So one of the things that we did as a family was uh, take on triathlon Ironman racing. So we started the mm -hmm. summer in Victoria, Canada. Uh, I did my first half Ironman race. And that was the very first stop of the summer. So school got out for the kids and we went to Victoria, Canada and I raced in my first Ironman. And nice. that was kind of the kick, that was kind of the kickoff for the summer. Yeah. Um, and uh, Christina. <laughs> and you had energy to do the rest of the summer? Yeah, no, the, the rest of the summer was my yeah. my recovery and relaxation <laughs> after that. I needed it. Right. I am not a, I'm not a triathlete at all, but uh, I did that. Just for our listeners, what what is what goes into an Ironman? Just yeah. What are all the different events that go into Ironman? Yeah, so Ironman is a swim, bike, run. And uh, so a full Ironman is like a two and a half mile swim, a 110 mile bike ride, and a 26 mile run all at once. So, you know, a mm. marathon is what you're finishing your day with. Usually takes people like eight to 10 hours to do a full Ironman. Uh, so I did a half Ironman, which was like a mile swim, like a 50 something mile bike ride and a 13 mile run. Uh, so oh still plenty, <laughs> still plenty challenging. Um, yeah, right. It, you know, took, you know, I don't know, I think it took me like seven or eight hours or something to do like that. And that, that's what some people do a full Ironman in, but I did it. Um, I finished, I crossed the finish line standing on my two feet barely. So, uh, it's a, it's a quite an endeavor, but, um, yeah, so, so, so that kind of grounded our starting point for the summer. Once we picked that location as where we're going to do our race, uh, then we decided to just road trip our way back to Arizona from there. So we were up in Victoria, Canada, and then we knew we wanted to hit all the Washington National Park. So like mm -hmm. Olympic, Rainier, and we wanted to hit North Cascades. But like I said, you have to stay flexible. And even yeah. though we were there in June, um, there was this like kind of crazy storm that came through in June and it was like thirties and forties up in cascades and they were predicting like snow. And we're just like, we're not packed and ready for <laughs> snow. We're, we're all in like, you know, light rain gear and like, you know, right. we could handle some fifties, maybe, maybe a little bit of 40 at night or something, but like we were not snow prepped. So we, that's when we called an audible and kept going, but you know, we, so we started up there and hit all the big stuff in Washington 
Um, we ended up going out through Leavenworth, which is a really cool little town in Washington that's a Bavarian town. So you feel like you're in like Germany. It's very unique. I've never seen anything quite like it. That was such a unique place. We saw a reindeer there. It was, it was just such a such a interesting place. And from there, we went across to Coeur d'Alene, eventually made our way into Montana, which I love Montana. That that's that state spoke to me. Like I felt like that was like my spirit animal of a state. Just <laughs> everything about it was just such a such a cool place. Um, so we hit, you know, Glacier a couple different ways. You know, we hit the east side of Glacier and then over into the west side of Glacier. Um, and just such a such a unique experience there. Worked our way south to Wyoming. Did all the fossil stuff in Wyoming. Had an amazing Fourth of July there. I'd love to talk about that. I thought that was such a unique uh, area. And eventually, a little bit through Utah, back home to Arizona. So that was the full route for the whole summer. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> what were Luke's favorite moments? I imagine the fossils probably played into that a little bit. Yeah. So I'd say his uh, top three moments were the. Uh, so we did two different fossil experiences in Wyoming. So the first was in. Um, Emmerer, uh, no, is in Thermopolis, where they did um, the, the they have like a big national dinosaur museum there, and they do like active dinosaur excavations there. And so we actually oh, got wow. to go up at the dig site, and we're you know digging out you know dinosaur bones and like you know really uncovering them for the first time in a hundred million years. Just it's totally wild. But mm. he was really looking forward to that all summer, and he got to go do that, and that was really special. Uh, so that was a that was a really cool place, and then. Luke's grandparents have a rock business. They sell like gems and minerals and stuff. So they have all these weird connections to people in the in the <laughs> rock world. And one of their friends has a uh, fish fossil quarry in Kemmerer, which is a little bit south of Thermopolis. And we got to go up on the fish fossil quarry and, you know, do the excavations there, which was really interesting to see the two kind of side by side where, you know, you're digging dinosaur bones, you're like kind of chipping away and like using a toothbrush to like, kind of you know expose the dinosaur bone and it's this really delicate process and then the fish fossil one was actually in sandstone so you're you're chipping away these giant blocks of sandstone and then you're like you kind of like peeling away the layers of the sandstone and exposing the the fossils inside the layers of the sandstone so it's a very different process um which i i'd never seen either process so that was so cool but he loved both those are like his top two like far and away those were definitely like that very kid-centric moment for him where he really experienced it uh to, to the fullest and then number three which i think was a shared best experience for me and him was in dubois wyoming which is a tiny little town in um it's on the other side of yellowstone so like jackson hole is on like the west side and you kind of come into yellowstone that way like dubois is kind of one of the cities you would go through to get to Yellowstone on the other side and it's right along the Wind River so there's a lot of uh history on that uh you know part of the you know country there but it was this unique little town and they have the most special military museum there you've ever seen it's totally wild and we happen to be there on the 4th of July so they do this big parade and the guy who started this museum has I mean like hundreds and hundreds of like active tanks and military vehicles from all eras of the military from like you know wow. you know desert storm iraq all that kind of stuff all the way back to like world war ii and he rolls these things down main street in dubois for a, a parade i mean we have the videos on our youtube it's 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 
unbelievable. I mean, you're, you're seeing World War II tanks and these big, huge things, and it's shaking like the whole little town is just like shaking with these things going down. You feel like you're in some weird military like parade or something. But uh, <laughs> from like my standpoint and Luke's, you know, we were just blown away by it and we were like in awe. And then we went to the museum afterwards and, and did the tour there. And it's just such a unique place. I'd never seen anything like it. I was very impressed by the amount of history and uniqueness and stuff that they preserve there. It was just such a cool experience. It sounds like an amazing trip. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's talk about the foundation. How can our listeners get involved and support the cause? Yeah. So a race against blindness is our nonprofit. We are active throughout social media. So we have various social media accounts that um, we can I'm sure link here, I won't go through, you know, saying the names of all of them, but a race against blindness. If you search for us, you'll find us on Instagram and Facebook and all that kind of stuff. Our website, certainly. Um, we're pretty active in a couple big fundraisers right now. If this uh, airs before the end of the year, we have an awesome fundraiser uh, centered around a van giveaway, which we wanted to kind of give back to the van life community after having had such an awesome experience ourselves traveling in a, an adventure van all summer. Um, we are doing like a raffle style giveaway where you, people can buy entries to um, win their own custom adventure van so they can go make their own memories. And that's a great way to potentially win something epic and help support our nonprofit and raise money for a real clinical trial that's hopefully going to be launching soon to try to get a cure for Luke's condition of childhood blindness. Amazing. That is awesome. All right. I got to ask you, what are your future plans for your son's bucket lift trip and your efforts also to raise awareness and funds for the research into this condition? All right. So part one, future plans. Yeah. No. So <laughs> After doing the summer of like a lot of national parks and outdoorsy type stuff, we tried to kind of switch gears into some more kind of classic kid centric stuff. So like this fall break, uh, we went and we took them to Southern California and we did, you know, Universal Studios and, you know, kind of the, the theme park type stuff just to give them that kind of well-rounded set of experiences and see a lot of different things. And I've been really trying to, with what's next on the on the list and it's it's hard to know where to go because you do have that kind of like where do you start right when you got yeah. the whole world is your oyster where are you going to go and what are you going to see and you know i think that we're all itching a little bit to get back out on the road and and see more of the nature and get back into that kind of road life where you're just experiencing each other the the, the quality time as a family that you get that's really hard to get when you're at home and you're, you know, you have the distractions of school and work and electronics and toys and all that kind of stuff. Like the quality of time you get when you're kind of camping or on the road is just very different. So I think some experience like that again will be good. Yeah. So I haven't gone south. So we, I think we'd love to, um, you know, go a little bit of a different direction. So maybe out through New Mexico, hit like White Sands and some of the, you know, Big Bend. Uh, go through Texas and see some of the different coastal stuff down there along the Texas coast. And then I'd love to keep going along the, the, the southern coast and head east and get to the east coast, make it all the way to the Carolinas at some point. I mean, I think uh, I haven't spent any time over there. I think that would be an amazing area to to make make our way out to sometime when the weather is nice um, in the spring or uh, early summertime. And, you know, it, see, see that part of the world because it's a totally different area and uh, one of the things that we really appreciated about this summer was 
the cultures with, you know, such different cultures out there. Every part of the country has its own character and type of people and the, you know, the types of food, the way people act, the way people talk, you know, like everything's very different. I mean, and it's so wild, you know, from Washington to Montana, we're talking, you know, you know, basically a state over and you're, you're in a totally different place, you know, like everything about yeah. it's completely yeah. different in terms of the people. Uh, so, you know, making your way across the country like that and letting the kids learn about different people, different cultures, uh, I think would be really important. And I think just as members of society and civilization, understanding each other and learning about each other, that's as important part of traveling and, and seeing all these places. Um, and so we can learn more about each other and we can all coexist better. Um, so I'd love to keep showing them as many different cultures and places as we can. All right. If you come out to the Carolinas, though, you're going to have to come to Georgia. Okay. We're going to have to meet yeah. up for lunch yes. and meet in person. And I'm yes. serious about that. Oh, well, we would love to. That'd be great. I mean, yeah. Not, I mean, the, to, to dig even deeper, I mean, the people are the best part about the trip. So we, we talked about cultures, but people make up the cultures. I mean, the people we met on the road and all the places were amazing. Like we loved meeting new people and families and other like-minded individuals. And so, like, yeah, we would love to you know catch up with you guys that would be amazing yeah i so i would want beach camping sites i want to i want to there you go so oh. i had a we found a couple places in washington where we could literally pull the van right up onto the beach um <laughs> on the sand and you're like so i think we uh had three three different places in washington that we went that we were like right on the beach uh we slept on the beach one night in our camp here and the other night we were like yeah. on the van on the beach i love that stuff i think that is oh, just yeah the coolest like when you can yeah, just roll absolutely. right on the beach you open the back of the van we, we had a pop top on our van so i don't know if you've seen pictures of it but we have a pop top so there's a you know like the tent set up on top and like the windows open up on the top and so i'd be up there and i could just see and hear the ocean all night from like my wow. elevated position up there man i just leave me That's there and you do it. yeah <laughs> that is me how too, you do for it sure yeah. yeah so gulf coast i need beach camping recommendations oh we got we will covered. get those to you for sure no doubt Yes. Well, we we encourage everyone listening to visit eraceagainstblindness.org. Steve, thanks so much for coming yes. on the show and sharing your family story. We wish your family, Luke, the very best 2024. Yeah. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. You guys are very kind and generous to have us on and let us tell our story. And um, thank you for what you guys are doing with sharing travel and vacation and such an important thing for people. And uh, thank yeah. you for what you're doing. Thank you. That does it for this week's show and for 2023. Thank you all for listening to The Family Vacationer this year. Hit that subscribe button to be with us for all of 2024. Happy New Year. Thank you for listening to The Family Vacationer. Make sure and subscribe to hear more of Rob and Danny.